Hi, I'm Walter Lane, and you've tuned in to a sermon podcast from the Netherwood Park Church of Christ in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks for listening. excited to be here this morning uh, to have this opportunity. Definitely looking forward to getting to share this lesson with you all. A little bit nervous, I'll be honest, uh, but more than that, just excited and ready to go. So let's jump in. I want to start with a little story. A few years ago, there was a group of us that decided to take a little backpacking trip. It was me, uh, my wife Shayla, there she is right here, getting ready. Uh, my dad, Wayne, was there, and my brother, Brandon, was there as well. So we decided to uh, get going and uh, pick the location. Like any good hikers, we chose to check the forecast. So we're not the most experienced outdoorsmen, if you know us, uh, but we do like getting out there. And so we looked ahead, checked the weather, and found that there would actually be uh, some rain in the forecast. And so uh, we didn't let that deter us. As you could see from the previous picture of Shayla there, it's not like we don't have the gear for it, Right? She looked ready. So we decided to, to move on anyways. So we loaded up the car, went up there to the trailhead, took a picture before we started here, looking good, feeling good, started to head up the trail. The plan was to go in a number of miles, uh, set up camp by a little lake, and camp there for a couple nights and then come back. This was Memorial Day weekend. So we set off, and sure enough, uh, a little while into the trip, it does start to rain, a little bit of a drizzle, and we thought, that's fine, we're prepared for this. We kept going on. A little while after that, that rain started to turn into kind of a hail-sleet mixture. As you can see here, it's kind of accumulating on the ground, but we thought, you know, that's fine, we can deal with this. We continued to keep going. Well, eventually that uh, heat and uh, sleet mixture turned into a full-blown kind of snowstorm. So you can show the next picture here. (laughs) At that point, we started to feel like maybe we were getting in a little bit over our heads. We didn't quite expect this winter wonderland when we uh, imagined how the hike would be. I think that Shayla's face says it all right there in terms of what we were feeling. I should mention also uh, that on this trip, Shayla was pregnant. Um, so she was just a real trooper to have pushed through all of that. So eventually we kept hiking. Uh, we started to notice that there was actually some old frozen snowpack that had not yet thawed from the winter before. So the new snow was accumulating on top of that. And finally, we just lost the trail. We couldn't even find it anymore in the snow. So we decided, okay, we're not going to make it to the intended destination. We started to turn around, but at that point, we were so far in, we didn't think we could make it back to the car by nightfall. So we hiked back one or two miles, found a spot that was reasonably okay for a campsite, and uh, stayed there for the night. Of course, we tried to make a fire 
but the wood was very wet. That was not successful. I just have these memories of my dad fanning these kind of smoky embers, hoping that it would just burst into flames at some point to warm us all up. And he was not successful, unfortunately. So the next day, after a very cold night, uh, we hiked back to our cars and came home. So by many accounts, the trip was a disaster. We were cold, we were wet, we were tired, probably a little bit unprepared. But i got to say, it was awesome. (laughs) It was a lot of fun, actually, to look back on that and just to be a part of that with the family. We were together, we were laughing, we were pushing our bodies. All of it contributed to just a pretty good time. I think you can tell as I share the story. It's a positive memory, even now as we remember it years later. And so I tell this story to just illustrate the point that sometimes uncomfortable things can be fun. If you want to go to the next slide, I've got a picture here. This is one of the reasons that I found this trip to be really cool. Going out there, it's just an awesome place to be in nature like that. Um, So as we hiked and the the weather started to roll in, there was this fog that started to settle. I don't know if this picture does it justice, but this fog rolled in and there's these majestic mountains everywhere. We're in the midst of the trees and the fresh air and all of that, and it was just beautiful. It was hard and uncomfortable, but it was beautiful. And I know that had we made the decision that weekend to just stay home and do a barbecue or something to that effect, it definitely would have been a lot more comfortable, but we would have missed out on enjoying this scene and being together and all the blessings that came with that. So sometimes it's good to get a little bit uncomfortable when that discomfort has a purpose. And I think that's what we're trying to get at with the theme for Netherwood this year. You can see it to my right here. The theme for Netherwood this year is out of the boat, living uncomfortably. So what does that actually mean? We believe that God is calling us to something more, something deeper, and we have options. We can attempt to stay comfortable and we will be stagnant, or we can get out of the boat and we can grow. The fact is we have to choose between comfort and growth. You can't have both. I believe that if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. And our faith is definitely full of challenges that have the opportunity to grow us. Jesus said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Well, we can all agree that self-denial, that's uncomfortable. And and what Jesus is saying, it's just built into the process of being a Christian. It's built into the process of following him. So I've titled my sermon today, Having Fun, Living Uncomfortably. So some people may reasonably ask, is that actually possible? Is that a thing? Can you do that? I think it's important for me to define my terms and make sure we all understand what I'm talking about when I say having fun, living uncomfortably. I believe there are at least two types of fun, and we're going to break those down. First, we have maybe a traditional fun, and that's the fun that we all know and love, right? It provides immediate pleasure and satisfaction. I'm going to call this today, I'm going to call this type one fun. So here's some examples of type one fun for me. I really enjoy eating pizza, for example. I like taking naps, type one fun. Watching TV, playing ping pong, all those things are a lot of fun for me. They're pretty easy, I enjoy them. So type one fun requires very little effort and it provides immediate gratification, So in contrast, then, what is type 2 fun? Well, this is important here. We're going to talk a lot about type 2 fun today. When I say that that backpacking trip was fun, I'm referring to type 2 fun. 
Type 2 fun requires more effort, and it provides delayed gratification. So often putting in that effort is hard. It's uncomfortable. It might be mentally and or physically demanding. You can get frustrated in that process, but there's still an element of fun in it because of what's produced by that effort. So some examples of type 2 fun for me. Exercise would fall into that category. My job, home improvement projects, cleaning, honestly even preparing this very lesson provided an opportunity for some type 2 fun. It wasn't without stress, but uh, there's some satisfaction to it as well. So during the process, it's hard, it's frustrating, but afterwards you feel good, you feel satisfied. There's a sense of accomplishment that comes along with that. You have something to show for the work that you put in. Now, I really want to spend just one more minute on this to make sure that we kind of understand what I'm talking about. Make sure you understand me, because when I'm using the term fun in a very loose and different kind of way. So I'll give you another example of what I see as type 2 fun. In Acts chapter 5, we read this story where the apostles, they were teaching and talking about Jesus, and the Sanhedrin doesn't like it, so they bring them in and kind of scold them, and they actually receive a beating because they were talking about Jesus, and then they're sent off. And it says, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. So obviously it was not fun for them to receive a beating, and yet they were rejoicing. They found some level of satisfaction in the fact that they were suffering for God, suffering for Jesus. And that's the kind of type 2 fun that I'm referring to. It was definitely not comfortable and not easy, but they were still rejoicing. They found a way to rejoice. So both types of fun, I'm convinced, are very important. We need type 1 and we need type 2. But I want to talk about type 2 today because I think that it provides often a more lasting and satisfying uh, joy. Not all the time, but most of the time, type 2 is a more lasting satisfaction. So as we do that, I think we first just need to acknowledge that following Jesus can be very uncomfortable. If we want proof, we need to look no further than Paul one of the most successful and probably well-known Christians ever. This is a guy who pursued Jesus, and we can see through his writing some of the discomforts that he encountered as a result of that. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes a little bit about some of the uncomfortable things he had to endure as a result of his faith. This is 2 Corinthians 11. I'm starting in the second half of verse 23. He says, I have worked much harder been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Take a breath. That's some serious discomfort, right? Like, let's make sure we don't put that in the brochure. I don't know that people just be flocking to sign up for this thing, you know? So we may not be at Paul's level ourselves, 
But I think we know what it is to be a little bit uncomfortable in our faith. The Bible says to submit to one another. Well, in my experience, submitting is hard. The Bible tells us that we should forgive people who have sinned against us. Well, that's hard too, isn't it? Self-control, what we're called to, is difficult. There's so many other things. We could come up with a long list of ways that we ourselves have been uncomfortable because of our faith. So then where is the fun in following Jesus? We've talked a lot about all the downsides and the pain and the discomfort, but what's the upside? The fun comes as a result of our higher purpose. So to illustrate that, I want to share an excerpt from a book by a guy named Harold Kushner. He's a modern rabbi, and he wrote a book called When Bad Things Happen to Good People. So listen to him explain it. Scientists have found ways of measuring the intensity of the pain we feel. They can measure the fact that a migraine headache hurts more than a skin knee. And they have determined that two of the most painful things a human being can experience are giving birth and passing a kidney stone. Sounds like some of you have experienced one or more of those. From a purely physical point of view, these two events both hurt equally and hardly anything hurts more. But from a human point of view, the two are different. The pain of passing a kidney stone is simply pointless suffering, the result of a natural malfunction somewhere in our body. But the pain of giving birth is creative pain. It is pain that has meaning, pain that gives life, that leads to something. That's why the person who passes a kidney stone will usually say, I'd give anything not to have to go through that again. But the woman who has given birth to a child, like the runner or the mountain climber who has driven his body to reach a goal, can transcend her pain and contemplate repeating the experience. So I need to ask for forgiveness for myself and this guy. He compared giving birth to running and climbing a mountain. I think that's kind of like a classic man thing to do, you know, easy for him to say. But we see his point, right? In one type of pain, there's meaning, and in the other, it's kind of pointless. The Bible puts it this way in 1 Peter 2.19. This echoes our earlier verse that we read from 1 Peter 3. 1 Peter 2.19 says, For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. That's commendable. That's good. In fact, I believe we make God proud when we choose to rejoice in our suffering. And it's fun to make God proud. He's our dad. We'd like him to delight in us in that way. We also get to face those uncomfortable situations in this community of believers. And so in that sense, we're doing it together. We're being uncomfortable together. And I can tell you, doing it together, facing a challenge with someone by your side is way better than doing it alone. I'll have more on that later. But the fact is, it takes faith. It takes faith to prioritize God and his calling over our own temporary comforts. But isn't God worth it? And isn't it fun to pursue that, to give him that glory? So I hope that as we talk through this, many of us are feeling inspired to say, okay, I can get on board with this idea. I think I can actually find a little bit of fun in discomfort, find some satisfaction and understand the purpose for why that's important. But I also think that there may be some people who are feeling like it's not worth it. People who say, you know, that sounds maybe okay, but at the end of the day, I just really like to be comfortable. And I want to talk to those people for just a minute. These are people that feel like just taking the path of least resistance is really the best way to go. And it seems reasonable to believe that we maybe have that choice, that to avoid discomfort, you simply take the path of least resistance wherever that might lead you. But I don't think reality is actually that simple. 
If you think that being uncomfortable is an option, you need to understand that it is an illusion. The path of least resistance offers just an illusion of comfort. I really believe that there's very little comfort to be found down the path of least resistance. And I'll give you some examples to illustrate that. I mentioned earlier that forgiving is hard. So when we have an opportunity to forgive, it means that we were wronged. It means that someone took advantage of you or hurt you in some way. And obviously that makes us mad. We're hurt. We're frustrated. We're angry. In that instance, it's unnatural and it's very uncomfortable to offer forgiveness. Maybe that person's not even sorry. They don't deserve the forgiveness. And so it would be very hard to forgive. But isn't nursing that grudge and carrying around that hate and anger, isn't that uncomfortable too? Is it any easier to carry those emotions around? I think it would actually be easier to forgive. Forgiving is definitely hard, but in reality, it offers more comfort than the alternative. As one more example that probably many of us can identify with, it is really hard to discipline your kids. When you're at the grocery store and they're rolling on the ground and screaming and people are looking, you're feeling self-conscious, it is so tempting to take that perceived path of least resistance and just give them what they want so you can get out of there, right? Buy the candy bar, whatever it is, let's move on. You just want to give in to those unreasonable requests, give in to the selfishness. It seems like it would be a lot easier to just take that path of least resistance. But you know what's hard? Living with a kid who has no respect, who has no boundaries, who has learned none of that because they haven't received the discipline that's needed, the discipline that bears fruit for both the parent and the child. So as hard as it is to discipline a child, I think it's actually harder to not in the long run. And we can go through so many examples like these that I think resonate with us. The fact is that staying married is hard, but divorce is hard too. Saving money is hard, but having no savings, that's also hard. You can think of other examples that fall in this category. It seems like maybe there's an easier path to take, but in reality, if we really take the long view of things, there's discomfort on both sides, both taking the path of least resistance as well as following Jesus. And in fact, I think Jesus promised that to us. In the book of John, he says, in this world, you will have trouble. There's no doubt about it. And that trouble, it's a guarantee for everyone, whether or not you're following Jesus. But if you choose to face that trouble with Jesus, then you get the benefit of what he said after that. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Well, that's the guy then that I want to be facing that trouble with. By choosing to follow Jesus, you're choosing the path that gives meaning to your trouble, that gives meaning to your discomfort, and that is a huge relief. You get to choose. Are you going to experience the birth-type pain or the kidney stone-type pain? So don't fool yourself into thinking that there's any path that exists that is totally pain-free and comfortable. It just doesn't. So if we're all on board and we say, yep, we like that, we're committed to having fun, living uncomfortably, I want to share a few tips for how we can do a better job of that, how we can get a little better at doing that. So let's look at some ways that we can have more fun while being uncomfortable. I've got four tips, and then we'll close it out. So the first tip is to develop grit. Grit uh, is this idea, well, we kind of understand it. There's a researcher named Angela Duckworth who has dedicated a lot of her studies to this idea of grit uh, in the workplace and in academics and elsewhere. And she has a very specific definition of grit. She says that grit is passion 
and perseverance for long-term goals. There's so much we could cover here, but in the interest of time, I'm just going to touch on this really lightly. And if you want to, you can look up Grit and Angela Duckworth later and dig into that. So she says that when someone is gritty, it means they have some kind of ultimate concern or big goal that they organize their entire life around and they dedicate themselves to it. Everything they do is in service of this greater mission. They understand that it takes hard work and practice to achieve those big goals. And I think a gritty person, they do have an element where they actually come to enjoy the hard work that it takes to make that kind of progress. Gritty people do not give up. They keep going. So to relate that grit to our faith, I think we need to understand that our growth also does not come from the easy stuff. Our growth comes when we face the hard things, when we grind through it consistently day by day and we make progress. It's passion and perseverance for long-term goals that will help us find the fun in our discomfort. Second tip I want to offer is that we need to manage our expectations. I believe that violated expectations are a huge source of discomfort for us in life. And what's interesting is that often when we find ourselves in those positions, the actual situation is not so bad. What's more uncomfortable is that we just didn't expect it. When you're expecting one thing and life goes a different way, that's hard and it's uncomfortable. But we can fix that by simply rearranging and changing our expectations. Consider this. Do you feel like life is a smooth road with a few bumps? Or is it a bumpy road with a few smooth parts? Can you see the distinction in how differing expectations might lead to a different experience in life? I've heard it said, blessed are those with low expectations, for they will not be disappointed. (laughs) I kind of like that, but I think that maybe better than low expectations is just simply realistic expectations. So think about that. Maybe you have unrealistic expectations about how easy or comfortable life should be, and as soon as you start to make an adjustment for that, I think life will actually become a lot easier. The third tip that I want to offer is to use what I'm calling proactive hindsight. I think it's true that sometimes we can only recognize type 2 fun after the fact. In the midst of the pain and the discomfort, it can be really challenging to try and find the good in a situation or try and find satisfaction in that suffering. But to get around that, we can engage in this idea of proactive hindsight. So I'm going to share kind of maybe a a silly example, but it's a real-life example to illustrate this. So I mentioned earlier that eating pizza is a type 1 fun for me. I could have just as easily said that eating peanut butter is also type 1 fun for me. I am a little embarrassed to admit it, but I will confess, I usually like to eat it just straight out of the jar. Peanut butter is just, it's really good. And so sometimes at night, you know, the evening is winding down, bedtime is drawing closer, and I feel this certain call, I feel a pull, and I go towards the pantry, and I open it up, And there it is, the jar of peanut butter just staring me in the face. And I have a very strong desire in that moment to eat one or two or more spoonfuls of that right before bed, just to get, you know, some satisfying uh, stuff in my stomach there. Now, obviously, it goes without saying that it would be better for my health if I did not eat seven tablespoons of peanut butter every night (laughs) before bed. So I have a choice to make, and I understand there's a, a good choice and a bad choice. And so I'm trying to think through this, remember, this idea of proactive hindsight. And I say, okay, in just a matter of a few minutes, I'm going to be in bed asleep. And then tomorrow morning, I'm going to wake up. And so in proactive hindsight, I try to put myself in the mindset, tomorrow morning, how am I going to remember the decision that I make right now? 
well, if I chow down on some peanut butter, I think it's a pretty sure deal that tomorrow morning I'm going to regret that decision. I'm not going to feel so good about the fact that I cleaned out half the jar. But if I choose to exercise a little self-control, that's a decision I can be more proud of. And so proactive hindsight allows me to feel some of that emotion, some of the satisfaction that would come from a good decision and some of the regret that may come from the wrong decision. And feeling that emotion can help me make the right choice. There's some satisfaction in that. And so as I place the peanut butter back on the shelf without opening it, it's actually a little bit fun to say, okay, I'm in control of things. I, I exercise a little bit of impulse control. I'm not just a slave to my appetite. And that feels good. So obviously, we see how proactive hindsight can help us avoid you know, sin or evil or just bad behaviors, bad habits. But I think it can also help us to pursue righteousness on the opposite end as well. A quick story that I think maybe some of you would identify with. Shayla and I attend a small group uh, that meets on Sunday nights. And uh, sometimes it's just hard to get to small group. Sundays typically go like this for us. We come here to church, we go to lunch, and then we go home and we have rest time. And so everybody in the family gets comfortable. We lay down. Maybe you take a nap. You just rest a little bit, whatever. And then the evening starts to roll in, and we realize, okay, it's getting to be that time that we got to start getting ready for a small group. And so once again, we have a decision to make. Are we going to peel ourselves off the couch and put on pants and load up the kids and go through the process of driving over to small group and engaging that? Or are we just going to kind of continue the TV marathon that we've started today? And it's tempting to want to just take that path of least resistance and stay on the couch. But if you engage in just a little bit of proactive hindsight and put yourself ahead in the future a little bit and say, okay, how am I going to feel when I walk in the front door of a small group? Well, my experience is that instantly I'm glad I'm there. We see our friends. I have nothing against our small group. We see our friends. We enjoy it. It's satisfying. It's fun. And so if we can put ourselves in that mindset while we're sitting there on the couch, we understand the right thing to do is to leave. I can even think ahead to Monday morning and say, what decision am I going to be proud of? Am I going to be glad that I finished that third season of the TV show? Or am I going to be glad that I spent some time with my brothers and sisters under Christ? The answer is clear, right? So proactive hindsight helps us find the fun and some of that discomfort. Here's my last tip for today on finding the fun in our discomfort. And that's to surround yourself with the right people. How do you find fun and discomfort? I think that companionship has a very unique ability to give meaning to our discomfort and to help us find the fun. So I'm going to tell you a little story to illustrate that and then we'll wrap things up. I work in a family business and back in 2014, we made a decision to buy a separate company in Arizona. So we had a company here in New Mexico we came across an opportunity to purchase this company in Arizona, and we did that. It was in Phoenix. We were hoping to expand our reach, you know, grow, that sort of thing. And we tried it for two years. For two years, we worked really hard to try and make this new company that we had just bought successful. We poured time and resources into it, and it just was not working. The company was losing money. Uh, We were not successful in that endeavor. And so finally, we had to make the hard decision to shut it down. And I can tell you it was one of the hardest and most uncomfortable things I've had to do in my life to go through that process. So I brought a picture today. You can pull that up, Doug. This is me. We're at the, in this picture, we're actually in Phoenix. And we were on this trip going over there to clean out our offices and warehouse, bring back whatever equipment we could to our business location here in Albuquerque. So that's me, obviously, on the left. Next to me, to my left in the picture, is a guy named Matthew. Uh, He actually worked for the company there in Phoenix. 
Next to him is my brother Brandon, who works with us here. And then next to him is a guy named Zach Kane, uh, who worked with us here in Albuquerque. Um, and Zach and I worked very, very closely through this process of having to shut this business down. And so in this trip, again, we went out there to clean things out, bring stuff back to Albuquerque, and to talk with the people who were losing their jobs, Matthew being one of them. And you can see that as hard as it was, we found a way to smile in the midst of that. When we made the decision to shut that company down, I sat in a conference room and I cried with these guys about how hard it was. But you can see that even in the midst of all that pain and discomfort, we were right in the thick of it at this time that we were also able to laugh together. We're spending these late nights loading up trucks and all this to, to clean out this location. And as hard as it was, there was some amount of joy that came from being surrounded by the right people. It was so helpful to have that companionship. These guys were right there next to me, reminding me, it's okay. This is the right thing to do. It's for the best. It's hard, but it will be better in the end. And I would come home to my wife, and she's telling me, it's okay. I still love you. Everything's going to be all right. Um, I work with my dad, Wayne, and my brother-in-law, Zach, and they're sitting here today. They, too, are right there next to us, suffering through it. We were all so uncomfortable, but we received encouragement. We received support and love from one another that made it so much more bearable. Companionship is such a strong painkiller. You take any situation, something like this, that's hard, that's difficult, it strains us, it stretches us, and you add a few friends, and now all of a sudden this really painful situation can become almost a party. People have such a good ability to influence us for the better when we're surrounded by the right people. So with that, as we take this as a whole, my hope is that we will be the type of people who are willing to get purposefully uncomfortable and that we would be able to find the fun in it. That we would come to maybe even enjoy some part of the process of God growing us and stretching us, and that we would use some of these tips to engage in that. So to help us get some practice with that, we've been doing our uncomfortable challenges all year, and we're going to continue those. So we have another opportunity this week. So here's the challenge this week. You can pull that up. In the next week, write a note to God to thank him for giving you a deeper purpose and a specific uncomfortable situation that you're experiencing. So think through it. Find something uncomfortable that you're facing. Maybe you have to ask God for some help in this to say, God, where's the fun in this? Where's the greater purpose? Where's the meaning? When you identify that, write that note to God. Write him a quick little letter to say, God, thank you for that. That we can celebrate those situations. That we can be glad we have that opportunity to suffer in the name of God and give him the glory. That's our uncomfortable challenge this week. I'd like to close out by saying a prayer to ask God for his help in that. God, thank you for being such a good father for us. Thank you for being willing to let us suffer a little bit because we know it's through that suffering that we can grow. Thank you for providing comfort to us in the midst of our pain. I pray that you would give us boldness and courage to enter into that discomfort and to find the fun, Lord. We know that you'll be there with us. We thank you for Jesus who gives us meaning in our pain and discomfort. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Amen.